WCPF, and also, as you heard, 98.5 if you're uh, listening to FM, and be sure to set one of the buttons on the FM side of your uh, your car radio so you can uh, listen to WPTF. Tom Kearney here with a little bit of live and in real-time radio on this Tuesday night, and uh, it's one that a uh, night that allows me to be sort of what I like to be, and that is sometimes a professional North Carolinian, and I have the perfect mate to, to do that tonight. Miss Suzanne Brown, who is a media relations specialist with something called Visit North Carolina. Suzanne, are you there? I am here. And, well, you know, I wonderful. have to confess that, I'm, that my professionalism falls just a little bit short because um, I am actually um, a transplant from South Carolina, but um, I have been a professional North Carolinian for long enough that I think you can count me. Well, if you've accepted a certain number of paychecks, you automatically get your green card <laughs> and you're ready to go. L- ladies and gentlemen, I- I'll just admit to you, everyone listening, that I always enjoy calling this lady up because she always seems to understand what I'm up to before I actually get there. And it's a lot easier than trying to explain it to somebody again and again and again. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about North Carolina and places to go in North Carolina, but through most of the program, through a very special lens. And that lens is the one that deals with going to places in North Carolina, visiting places that you would want to go that to have the, uh, what is the word I'm looking for now, Suzanne, uh, the possibility that are accessible of... To, that are accessible to people who um, have mobility issues. Um, right. Things and... that... Um, that we often take for granted, but when there is reason to uh, to notice, um, we find ourselves very appreciative of services that are provided and accommodations that are, have been made that go beyond the Americans with Disabilities Act. Well, you and I were talking about my recent uh, accident where I broke my left leg and I'm now uh, learning to reuse it and strengthen it again. And I, I hope before that I was walking with a cane already. I am in my 70s, so I'm, I'm allowed that, and I've learned to walk now with a walker. But when you look, uh, when you arrive at a place, for instance, that you, you've been traveling to go see, uh, you realize that changes in elevation uh, make a difference. You know, just get, getting up on a curb sometimes makes a difference. And uh, when the place that you're visiting provides access, then that really makes a lot of difference. And, and there are certain parts of the state, uh, and we're going to talk mostly about North Carolina tonight, that you can go that it's up and down and up and down, so you have to make sure that the place you want to go will, in fact, be accessible, and that's what we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. tonight. I I think you have a relation who has a problem along those lines, so you are aware of that, and you've walked the walk and and, uh, and know know about that. Uh, Let's do one thing. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to explain my um, my point of view on this. Yeah, go go ahead, go ahead. Uh, my son, um, who does walk independently um, to some extent, but he also uses a walker and a wheelchair, just depending on distance and other um, issues that might come into play at any given time. So we're always prepared <laughs> for for whatever the actuality might be. And what I was going to ask you to do, just so we make sure we can get this because this is one of the good things that can come out of a program like this, is for you to tell us how we may, as listeners and subscribers, uh, uh, get in touch with Visit NC, 
which is, I always refer to it as sort of travel and tourism, but it, it uh, has right. uh, ways of helping you understand North Carolina and knowing where to go. You have a, a travel guide, you have uh, road maps, and if you address, people address themselves, uh, they can go to the website, which I believe is visitnc.com, is that right? That is correct, visitnc.com. Um, it's short and sweet and easy to remember, and um, it has lots of information um, and sort of inspiration because there is this is just a great state for um, for traveling and um, that you can look at things from different angles and um, you'll really find some wonderful ways to spend your time. And, um, and, and if you don't want it. to go when you start looking at the website, uh, and <laughs> I've looked at it this evening, for instance, you will want to go when you finish looking at it. Now, there is, for those oh, yes. who may not use computers, I believe there's a telephone number and uh, that, that can be accessed too. Yes, it's 1-800-VISIT-NC. There you um, go. It's even a free call, yes, and you will get your you get some personal service with that. Um, right. And you my get wife, the travel uh, guide. And... Suzanne, my sorry, wife, I mean, that we were not going to be together this evening. That we were going to do this on the phone. And she said, it's the night, the night that you bring home the map and the, the travel guide and all the goodies. <laughs> and I said, well, actually, no, not so. We'll probably get it in the mail. But uh, uh, but we always leave the travel guide on our coffee table. And if somebody's sitting there and oh, yeah. doesn't have anything to do, it, it gives them something to look at and maybe make a desire to, to visit someplace in North Carolina that they had never, ever, in fact, been before. So, uh Oh, yes, yeah. so or find out about a person who makes something that you never knew you needed until then. There's uh, lots, then, lots of, of fascinating people. And they're really the very best possible. I guess the map still comes with it. I just love to get the map, and I like to look at maps anyway. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, a way you can access the materials after the program if you want to avail yourself of that. Suzanne Brown is a media relations specialist with Visit NC, and as she said, she uh, has a, a relation who has a, a problem dealing with uh, uh, access to certain places, as as I do. Uh, recently, actually, I had the problem before I broke my leg, and it just complicated it a little bit more so that I have to be very careful about where I go and where I think I can go to now. Suzanne, do you want to talk about this a little bit? Sure. And, um, you know, from... Um, from from my experience, I think that we all do think the, the Americans with Disabilities Act will uh, mark its 30th anniversary of being signed by President George H.W. Bush, um, 1990. So we're 30 years into it, and with that has come a certain amount of um, assurance that um, that regardless of, of disabilities, you are have a, stand a very good chance of being able to. Um, enter newly built um, construction, attractions, hotels, um, restaurants. Those that are older, um, there um, is there's less there's there are certain mandates, but it's um, not quite as assured. So um, it's um, from that standpoint um, that you take certain things for granted, but then you will see something. I was at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's been a few years and. Um, it's a very accessible building with um, you know, lots of open spaces, and they've got you know, um, your seating um, for that will accommodate wheelchairs in the, the theater area. But I was up on the floor where they have the, the simulator um, where you can qualify uh, to get out on the 
on the simulator course and drive a race. And I turned around and looked, and someone from the Hall of Fame was positioning a young man in a wheelchair at one of those stations where he could actually do the driving with his hands using the the, um, steering wheel um, um, levers and whatnot. And that was one of those things that really does go beyond what um, you know what we come to expect with merely being able to go in and and, and see everything. Um, so I love when I find out what I what I do. You know, take notice of those things. Um, there are a lot of a lot of times when I go somewhere. Um, if I'm parking in a parking lot, and you might <laughs> appreciate this stuff, and you're parking in a handicapped space, um, and it is really it's not where the crossway is or where the uh, little. Um, level place where you can get up on the sidewalk and it's like whoever designed this wasn't really thinking about what it's like to um, navigate with a wheelchair so that's um you know, a lot of where i come from in um in, in noticing these things and if you're looking at what i've often taken for granted um so, and you think um, uh, I'm, I'm something that i've noticed that i have mostly just had to use a cane to do retain my mm-hmm. balance, although there may be days now when I may end up in a wheelchair and they, they've cut the groove out in the in the curb, you know, so the wheelchair can go up, but then you, you, mm-hmm. you're you on a surface that's totally uneven and you can't possibly navigate uh, because yeah. they haven't repaired it so that it's, it's adequate too, or they drop you off where you have to make a change in level and there's no way that you can in fact do that unless you... Well, right. and it should be so you can do it if you're, say, in a wheelchair by yourself. You may have someone aiding you, but uh, it should be something that you can accomplish by yourself. Uh, and so, uh, with this, yeah, and and with this, just with with reasonable effort, and um, mm-hmm. um, it does make a difference in the quality of the experience. Um, so, um, um, one of the places that uh, I think most North Carolinians um, love is it should certainly be on the list. For all of us to do it one time in our um, in our lives, and that is to go across the swinging bridge at Grandfather Mountain, the Mile High Swinging Bridge, um, which is a suspension bridge over an 800 foot chasm um, that is at um, just over a mile in elevation. And um, there was a time when to get up there, you um, did require going up um, some hilly area. And when they built the new top shop, the gift shop. Um, at the top of the mountain, they included an elevator and a bridge to the bridge so that people can get have can access the bridge itself um, in a wheelchair and um, take advantage of that thrilling um, <laughs> walk and that um, frightening look down, even though the bridge does not swing quite as much as um, the name implies, but it is still pretty windy up there. Um, so that's another really special place where they did want to make this accessible to to um more people than they absolutely had to, and for that well, the we'll two things that you have named to my uh, way of looking at things are places that have uh, uh, indicated they are interested in in their audience. You know, the the, the oh, yeah. NASCAR Hall of Fame and and the uh, Mile High Swinging Bridge. Of course, I, I think it's changed hands. I think Mr. Morton used to own it, and it, he's turned over right right much of it over to the state, I believe. But, uh, well, actually, what they, they did, they created a foundation, um, a nonprofit, to um, um, that can this is um, to basically protect that um, international biosphere, and the surrounding land became Grandfather Mountain State Park, 
um, which is owned by the state, and they are separate, so like Chimney Rock Park and uh, Chimney Rock State Park. They occupy, they share a certain, um, um, well, the name for sure, but they are um, separate and cooperative, and um, both are better for having the other there. Um, but it is just a remarkable, um, you know, place um, that we can all just a- appreciate what our natural wonders are all about. Um, and, and it is a place that one can recommend that people go. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, oh yeah, in the, yeah, children, the, adults, <laughs> uh, whoever. I love their um, their you will know, wonders. Just for the wonders never cease, and that um, pretty much says it, that it is the timeless. Um, beauty there. And at the other end of the state is Airlie Gardens, which I'm not sure if you have been there, but it's this, this absolutely beautiful... Um, That's near Wilmington, formula. right? It is in Wilmington, and yeah. it is just um, just a really beautiful place that was part of an estate, and now it's a public garden um, with these gorgeous um, live oaks with the, the Spanish moss, and um, there is a, a bottle chapel that honors um, Minnie Evans, who is an, a, an artist who painted there quite a bit. And they have a group of volunteers who um, who have a tram, seven people, and it is designed to help people who um, would have difficulty walking um, around the uh, park to get from one area, or the garden to get from one area um, to the other. And that's something else that... Um, is very special. And one of the things we have to keep in mind is we're talking about these things that do have the mobility access, but all of them might not be open um, at this at this point. Uh, certainly the Hall of Fame is still closed uh, because it's a museum, and um, Airly Gardens is open, but the, the tram isn't running. But as we look for um, travel in the future, these are just great places to, to keep in mind. And we are talking. We're going to take a break now, Suzanne. Okay. So we are we are right. talking with Suzanne Brown, who is with Visit NC, which is, if you are a native North Carolinian, you may be familiar with it. If you're not, it's a way that you can find out about the good places in North Carolina to go. And and uh, tonight we're addressing separately the question of access to those for people who may have mobility issues. And... Uh, I get to be, in some ways, the star pupil because of about three and a half months ago, I broke my left leg, and now I'm learning to use a walker so that I can get around, and I'm going to be more and more interested in where you can, say, use an elevator to get up an incline or not have to deal with the incline or whatever. And Suzanne Brown is with us as a... I think it's your son, isn't it? Isn't it, yes. Suzanne? Yeah. Uh, has has the same sort of problem, and being a, the mom that she is, she has uh, an interest in those kinds of issues. And so we're addressing the larger group of people who are interested in visiting North Carolina, and those the the, the smaller group who are interested in making sure that they can, in fact, see what they want to see. We're going to pause for a couple of minutes, and then we'll be back with Suzanne Brown. <laughs> Tom Kearney Show with a little bit of live and in real time radio. And tonight we're talking about visiting North Carolina and uh, uh, for local folks, a staycation where you, you might want to go within the bounds of the Tar Heel State. And if you're new to the area, some places you might want to go to with a special angle of identifying places, some places that have uh, dealt with uh, accessibility issues. And uh, with us tonight, uh, to carry on that discussion is uh, Suzanne Brown, media 
specialist for Visit North Carolina. Suzanne, any other places you want to bring up that you, you are aware of that people might find accessibility dealt with? Yeah, so this is um, you know, one of the interesting things is when you think about the beaches and um, that um, everybody likes to get sand on their toes, but not everybody can actually get down to the beach. Um, and um, most of our North Carolina beaches have made that possible, however, with um, with special beach wheelchairs that have big, thick wheels that will roll through the sand. Um, and you, if you plan ahead and to see who's got what, you can um, usually arrange to borrow one. Some of them are available for rent. Um, and they are just, just great assets for getting people um, out closer to the ocean. And um, my the only time that we have actually used one that's, that's interesting was not at the beach, but was at Reed Goldmine, um, which... Um, this is a place that I had taken uh, my son and his sister um, last summer, and we had his wheelchair so that we could wheel through the, um, the underground um, mining area. And we we're standing there waiting for the tour to start, and um, the guy said, excuse me, but I'm not sure that wheelchair is going to work in the gravel. And um, I had not even thought of that. So they had a, um, a one of the beach wheelchairs with the thick wheels, and we were able to navigate that much more easily. And it was just not something that, an accommodation that I would have thought of. Um, but um, it really did show what a difference having something like that can make. Um, again, something that wasn't necessary, but they did it, and you know, we appreciated it. Um, now you, did you say you were, went to a gold mine? Is that where you went? Read gold mine. Um, Bingo. Okay, and that's what I thought. I was going to ask you because that's uh, one of the things we would want to underline for our listeners. If you're in North Carolina, uh, that's the where the I think uh, where the guy found a, uh, a a block of gold that was big enough that he used it for a doorstop, not realizing it was gold. But uh, uh, yes, and it got this just such a great story because this was the first gold rush in the United States, and. Right. Um, he had it appraised by a jeweler who I think offered him $30 or something, and then later when they found out what it was worth, the jeweler made uh, made better on it. Um, but the gold mine, and it's not, I'm, I'm sure it's not open um, because of the COVID-19 um, restrictions and don't know what will happen this summer because the, 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 I mean, the historic site itself will probably be open, but the mine is a fairly compact area. Um I love to go there because you can learn a lot about um, about mining and um, you know, gold itself. But also, when you go down into that mine on a hot summer day, you will just be so cool. <laughs> it's um, probably in the 60s, and it's just very refreshing. Um, but that's a you know favorite attraction of mine. Well, um, I think they say if you get below a certain uh, not very far down. The, the temperature is usually like a constant 55 or something like that. And so that would be you, a nice You might be right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, of course, that's yeah, not very far from Charlotte and uh, was one of the reasons that Charlotte had one of the first mints in, in, in the United States. Yes. Because the gold yes. was right there, right there at hand. There is a you know, North Carolina gold trail that um, that connects um, all of these sites. And your old Ford is there. Um and um, it's just the NC Gold Trail. And um, you know, we mentioned visitnc.com, which has information about sites and 
um, related um, activities and things that you could put together a nice little itinerary. Um, but I haven't done the whole goal trail, but it's on my list of things to do, certainly. We'll be back after we check the news on WPTF. Tom Kearney here. Back to continue our visit with Suzanne Brown on the visit to North Carolina. Suzanne, are you there? Hello? Hello? Hello, Suzanne, are you there? I am here. Um, I never trust this electronic equipment, and I saw I have to verify that you're there. Uh, let's remind folks again, since we're talking about North Carolina and travel spots in North Carolina with a special angle to looking to places that uh, are accessible to people who uh, have uh, problems moving about. Uh, I, for instance, am now uh, somewhere between, well, I'm, I'm using a walker now and, and have, have, may have to use a wheelchair and may graduate to using my cane again. Who knows? But I'm working along that, and you have a, a <laughs> child who is re- restricted in, in that way if, if the uh, accessibility is not there. But there are still lots and lots of historic sites in North Carolina, and those that are available are ones that we are talking about. But if people want to find out more about Visit North Carolina, the website, as I remember, is at visitnc.com? Visitnc.com is it. And um, you can go to the um, order travel guide. You can order a travel guide there, and you can also download um, a copy of Access North Carolina, which was a guide to... Um, to accessible places across North Carolina. The, the edition is a few years old, so there are, there are more updates than what you'll find there, but it still can be very useful um, in, in planning your trips. And the thing is, all of these places are places you want to go to. It doesn't, it's not just because they have the handicap access, but just um, the fact that they are so worthwhile and you really do appreciate it when you have to consider um, how someone's going to be getting around when they're there. Um, you know, we're, we're, um, you're talking about the, the, the beaches and um, the, um, the, the beach wheelchairs, and there also are several beaches in North Carolina that have Moby mats, which are these, um, you know, flexible, non-slip um, mats that they put down. They're made from recycled materials, and um, your wheelchair will roll right on that. Um, um, Kill Devil Hill um, opened a a very accessible um, access um, last summer, um, and they added to their um, to their um, beach wheelchairs. But the the Moby mats made a huge difference as well, um, and so that's a, a really great um, place um, for, for for beach goers. Um, Carolina Beach has. Go ahead. I was going to say, I know you, I, I like to be playful about this, Susan. I know you know the answer to this, <laughs> but just for those who may not recognize it right off, what is that Kill Devil Hills? Oh, what is it, Kill Devil Hills? That is the Wright Brothers National the, the Memorial Brothers, is the, there. First powered flight in 1903, yes. That is and correct. And I, yeah, being from South Carolina, and I come here and trying to make sense of the whole Kitty Hawk and Kill Devil Hills, and why do they say, um, you know, one, and usually they say, everybody talks about Kitty Hawk, but it's really Kill Devil Hills. And all that has to, to do with the fact that at the turn of the century, um, the Kitty Hawk was more of an area, and so 
it was only after they became incorporated. The Kill Devil Hill is a specific, um, you know, dune area. That's, that there's a specific Kill Devil Hill. And then there's a town named after it. So it made a lot more sense. But, um, yeah, but and, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> you, do, you do get the two. And, and I think one of them also had a telegraph station. And, and they, they was allowed them to telegraph that they had actually had, had made the flight because in the days of 1903, it was hard as everything just to get out there because there were no ferries oh, or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And, uh, they barely, barely survived the trip, but they did make it. And, and it's a wonderful place to go, I think, anywhere along the, the real outer banks. Well, anywhere in North Carolina, um, to, to tell you yeah. the truth. Um, well, there, I don't know, have you ever been to Sylvan Heights Bird, Sylvan Heights Bird Park in uh, Scotland Neck? Which no, is, but I uh, have a very good friend places. who I have a very good friend who works there, and he's very high on that. And I actually interviewed the guy who started it one night. But uh, it's not what you necessarily expect to find in uh, near Scotland Neck, as a matter of fact. Nope, it, it's not. But it is a just a fantastic place, and one of the features that they have is um, is a treehouse where you can go up you know, twenty feet and be looking out over um, you know the the, the the swamp habitat. And it's got a ramp going up there, so it's a wheelchair-accessible um, treehouse, ah, which good. is um, really you, kind, of, kind of fun um, and, um, and very helpful as well. Um, and um, the North Carolina Veterans Park in Fayetteville is another one that was designed um, you know, specifically with, um, with veterans in mind who get coming back with, with disabilities that they could get through the whole thing and a lot of tactile features um, so that um, you know, people with, with vision loss or just who learn more by, by touching um, can get more out of that absolutely stunning and moving um, you know, park in downtown Fayetteville. Um, and you know, familiar places like Biltmore um, is another one that makes um, you know, arrangements for, um, for, for people with mobility issues. There are things they can't change, and uh, be true to the history that they're showcasing, and you know, that's understandable. Um, but you can do the first two floors of Biltmore House, and um, some of the gardens, the conservatory, and the, the shuttles that'll take you over to um, the Antler Hill Village and the winery are accessible. So that's another place that you can spend some quality time um, exploring in Asheville. I was going to say there's really a whole park of places there. The the the, uh, the places where the plants are worth seeing by themselves. But if you never even went to the house, but uh, uh, oh but, yes, uh, you wouldn't want to miss that. And 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 the other uh, things like the 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 winery and the uh, I think there used to be a dairy there. As a matter of fact, too, uh, because the, the dairy was 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 you part of their history, and um, and that was um, you know was was sold to another family member and. Um, so it's um, you know, it is separate, but there's still um, you know are um, you know it's, it's land that they farm um, and um, you know, um, livestock and, and everything that um, they were all on the property. I mean, George W. Vanderbilt was really ahead of his time with um, his ideas about sustainability, and um, I don't know exactly when uh, the world caught up with him, but um, but he really did contribute a lot. And one of the, the things that he contributed was um, the idea of, of modern forestry 
and um, you know the cradle of forestry, which is became Pisgah National Forest, was was land that he um, you know once owned, and that's another place that is well worth a visit um, for um, to, to walk through trails that are you know, they're paved, and make for a very interesting and you know, pleasant experience there too near the near Brevard. And I, I have a friend who is a professor who likes to go to Pisgah, and I think there's a restaurant there that he's particularly uh, hung up on and likes to, to go and visit it. It's in, in, apparently near, or I, I don't know if it can be in, in the forest, but, but near there. And uh, That's one well, thing that's happened to the mountains of North Carolina. There's a lot of good places to eat have sprung up as people have found them more attractive. <laughs> I'm always interested in eating, Suzanne. I, I never want to miss out on that. <laughs> well, I mean, dining is, is one of the, um, you, you know, the it's such a special experience um, in, in life. And um, I, I think that it's, just, um, it, it's such a great um, communal experience to, um, to your, your dining with other people and your learning about different food or you're remembering um, related things from your, your growing up. And so it, the dining is a, um, you know, an important part of travel. It's something that there are so many people who plan their travel around those dining experiences. And if we can uh, kind of change the gears just a little bit, I wanted to mention something related um, about dining out um, as we are um, reopening um um, in the midst of the COVID-19 um, outbreak and, um, and all of that. And it's a new program that um, the North Carolina Restaurant Lodging Association in partnership with the Depart State Department of Health and Human Services and NC State Extension and Visit North Carolina is also a partner in that. It's called Count on Me NC. And um, what it is, it's based on a... Um, um, a, an online training course for people who um, own restaurants, work in restaurants, front of the house, back of the house, um, hotels, attractions, and other businesses that they can take these modules that were created by NC State Extension. And when they complete the training, they get to put out a certificate um, showing that their commitment to, um, to, to reopening is safely for the people who they're doing business with. Um, they also, we've got a logo, a Count on Me um, NC logo, which is kind of a sea green um, color that can be used in you know, signage or table coasters or whatever. And that's just kind of a visual cue. This is somebody who is really committed to your safety. And there's also a, a um, part role for, um, for, for customers and consumers to play um, to do their part to uh, keep their travel companions and other you know, people there and the, the workers um, protected by um, is, is based largely on um, social distancing and you're wearing masks and you're washing your hands and all of that. So we're really excited about this program because it's something that because it's statewide, it is free. Um, any business can take can take part. Um, that I think it has a, 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 a real, um, it's a great opportunity for people to, to think of North Carolina in those terms and you can be ready to come see us um, as travel becomes safe and accessible. Well, let, let me ask you, uh, a couple of times you've mentioned and that we need to remember that 
some of the places that you may be talking about tonight that we may be talking about may or may not be open at a particular time. Is there any any idea of maybe in, including it somewhere on the the, the Visit NC website, at least a Absolutely. generalized statement about you may find in this particular area, for instance, not naming specific restaurants that, that not many restaurants we, are open because of the the uh, corona uh, problem or, yes. or not? Yeah, and this is something that we, as, as soon as, um, you know, the stay-at-home order came out, that we were like, what can we do to um, to help? And so we have on our website at the very top of the page is a, you know, an advisory text um, um, that you link to that, and you'll find out about um, the, the statewide um, restrictions, what's in place, and um, links to you know, things like state parks, the places that where there is more unified um um, openness, um, but there also are links to um, the policies for different um, communities across the state so that you can find out. Um, I think that Watauga County, um, don't, <laughs> nobody quote me on this, um, but it is basically um, reopening a little bit more slowly than some areas. That's the decision that they've made. So you would find that information and use it to help you plan your trip. Um, each hotel has um, your information about what they're doing. Um, of course, the, the ones that are affiliated with the big brands have you know, some of the company standards. Um, so there's a lot of information about um, what is and isn't open and what precautions they're taking um, so that people can plan uh, you know, a trip. It probably it takes a little bit more effort than just the way you hop in your car and I've got my hotel reservation and I won't worry about anything else because it could be very frustrating to find out that things aren't what you were expecting. Um, and everything can change extremely quickly, as we have learned over the past um, three months. So um, being, we, we keep a, that slight... Uh, I'm sorry? I was going to say, being a fan of Mayberry, I'm always interested in Mayberry Days, which is in September, and... Uh, uh, that see it sort of takes over. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, what well, Mount Airy, Mount Airy, the Mount Airy right, region, right. And, so on. And, and there's a lot of uh, of, uh, of uh, music uh, activity along with the Union Grove and the Fiddlers' Conventions and things like that, and and the Merrill Fest, I think, which takes place in uh, in uh, uh, Wilkes County and so on. That uh, people w will be interested in, I think, along the way. They, yeah, um, Merle Fest ended up being canceled. Um, okay, that's um, what I needed to know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and but what was wonderful is that they did um, a um, um, a YouTube. You could actually see the performance from. It was the, the 25th anniversary of the festival, and it was the, the last festival where um, Doc was himself was alive, and it right. was you're really. Um, moving and very much appreciated. Uh, Mayberry Days is is still on for um, um, for for late September, and that's also one of my favorite places in the state. I've, I have a lot of favorite places, but Mount Airy is one that I really love, um, and it's one of those that you can kind of get your your mind going, thinking about um, Andy Griffith and thinking about this as Mayberry, which it really isn't. Um, because and there's so much more beyond that, but Bayberry is what gets you there and reveals all of these you know, the, the music tradition and um, you know, the arts and the granite. I love the granite there. Um, so it's a just a, a 
terrific destination. Well, maybe a lot of things will have changed by the fall when the leaves turn, because that, that makes it an even more special place to be in Mount Airy. We need to stop and take a break, and before we come back and, and wind up the show for tonight, we're talking with Suzanne Brown of Visit North Carolina, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. 953-680-WPTF. Her name is Suzanne Brown. She works with Visit North Carolina, or VisitNC, actually, .com. If you're on the website, VisitNC. Well, what is the telephone number, uh, Suzanne? 1-800-VisitNC. <laughs> that's it? Okay. It's so simple. That's why I could. Sometimes that's the way it is. But both of those numbers will get you uh, access to information about uh, travel and uh, places that you can go in North Carolina. On tonight's program with Suzanne, we've taken a particular uh, tilt toward uh, identifying places that are uh, accessible to people who may have mobility issues and have trouble getting around, like yours truly, since he broke his leg three months ago. I have to be careful to make sure that, uh, well, that the incline is not too great now and uh, that uh, uh, there's some flat land somewhere in sight. Uh, I, I know I Suzanne, my wife and I went to the Grove Park Inn a couple of years ago, and well, it was longer than that. But I, I couldn't couldn't deal with it now. It's just too much up and down uh, around the, around the area. But it's uh, once you get inside, it's pretty good. But uh, yes. uh, is, is there any, any anything else on your mind in terms of a place that you'd like to mention? Because I know that some people uh, have gotten some value out of your telling people, you know, about things like the the uh, uh, NASCAR Museum in Charlotte and uh, Early Gardens in Wilmington and so on that uh, have uh, people or, or facilities that are make uh, what sites that are to be seen better better accessible. Well, there is one thing I wanted to mention. It's off the subject a little bit, but I, I think it's very exciting. But uh, some people might remember the the Bluffs Coffee House on the Blue Ridge Parkway at Dalton Park. Um, it opened in 1949, was um, the first um, concession that was actually on the parkway. It closed 10 years ago, um, and um, in the summer, um, probably in July, it's scheduled to reopen. So um, there will be one more place that people haven't been, at least in a long time, and um, explore Dalton Park, which um, has a lot of historic um, um, interest and a lot of natural beauty as well. What uh, what would be an exit or a place that would be near there that, that one could locate it? It's up near, um, it's, it's close to Sparta. Um, okay, um, so it's is, almost, in, right, in, almost in Virginia. Almost in Virginia, that's what I was trying to avoid saying. But, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I just didn't want to say it. But uh, anyway, if you're... <laughs> Well, I'm in South Carolina, so you can mention Virginia. It's okay. <laughs> uh, we, we've, no, we, you just, it became, uh, I can remember it used to be the Skyline Drive. My, my father actually worked on that as a member of the Civilian Conservation Corps right along in really? there. So, yeah, back wow. in the, in when the, he was a young man without a job, and uh, during the New Deal, a lot of young men without jobs got to work on what became the Blue Ridge Parkway. And so, and he was That's worked on it around. Story. The area just north, around Boone and north of there, near 421. Yes. Oh, wow. That's a, something to really be proud of because that's it's a, an engineering marvel and just how much um, 
beauty and history and um, you know, everything else that you can find there. Well, you can't. Well, you can't go wrong, uh, particularly up around Boone. And if you're on 421, you you can just get on in, and you're following basically the route that Daniel Boone followed to go to Kentucky when you go through the through the gap there. And so, <sighs> and uh, and Blowing Rock uh, and Boone, uh, Sparta, uh, New what are what are the two towns? West Jefferson and Jefferson. But, yeah, are, yeah, are good places um, to go to, and, and so on. But uh, yeah, what, Lots of great classic towns um, in in our mountains. I um, love spending time there. And look well, forward you know to being what? able to go out and travel, going travel to more to freely. Suzanne, we're going to have to go because I was having such a good time. I've let the clock run by on me. But John okay. probably won't well, get too mad. But can I thank you for being with us tonight? And uh, Absolutely. It's been a death. real pleasure talking with you. Right. Well, we you, we've done this before a long time ago. And usually you ended up supplying me with guests, but you got to be the real guest tonight, and I'm glad that you could be. And I'm, I'm going to talk to you in just a couple of minutes if you'll if you'll be there uh, tonight. Uh, we've talked with Suzanne Brown tomorrow night. Pam Beck is going to be here to talk about gardening and flowers in North Carolina. <laughs>